Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. So today, brothers and sisters, is the first Sunday of Lent. And our gospel reading from the Gospel of Luke is a very well-known story from the life of Jesus. And it's a great starting place for us as we begin our journey through the wilderness of Lent. And I think that Lent and the wilderness and all that, I think, well, I think the wilderness in this story is sort of a microcosm of, uh, of the spiritual life in general, but also the spiritual journey we take uh, through Lent. And it's interesting, at the very beginning, in, in the first few verses, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. So Jesus has just been baptized by John, and the Spirit has descended on him. What happens right after this? He is led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Jesus has come from a miraculous event where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were revealed. And he goes straight from this into a time of fasting and temptation. He went from something beautiful and something wonderful and awe-inspiring into immediate difficulty and hardship. And I ask you, brothers and sisters, think of a time in your own life where all was, all was seemed good. Your relationship with God seemed to be firing on all cylinders. Prayers were answered as soon as they escaped your lips. Seemingly miraculous or serendipitous happenings popped up all the time. You felt a sense of God's presence the moment you knelt to pray. And scripture came alive every time you read it. Even the most mundane parts of the Bible, like Numbers and Leviticus and Chronicles. But then something happened. Life got harder. God seemed silent. Prayer seemed to hit the ceiling and bounce back down and hit you in the face. Scripture that once seemed so clear became impossible to parse. All sense of the divine in your everyday life dried up quicker than a trickle of water in Death Valley. Many of us have been there in that place of the wilderness. The wilderness is a place where survival is difficult. Also, in, in this story here, the people of that time regarded the wilderness as a dangerous place where evil spirits dwelt. It is a place of exile, of being cut off from human habitation and communication, a place with limited life-giving resources, but it is also a place of purgation, a place where solitude and prayer can forge a person's spiritual life. And it is into this place where Jesus walks to fast and to be tempted by the devil. Many of us have felt this way, that we've been dwelling in the wilderness, cut off from light and life and love, and we have felt far from God. And sometimes it's in these moments of weakness when the tempter comes to us and whispers in our ear. And it's also the time where we willingly cut ourselves off from things as we seek a life of prayer, as we fast from things so that we can get a a deeper sense of the divine. And it's in those moments, brothers and sisters, that the tempter can also come to us and whisper into our ear the same thing he whispered into our Lord's. So Jesus has fasted for 40 days, and it says something completely obvious. And he was hungry. He was hungry. 
I haven't eaten in three hours and I'm already hungry. Jesus went for 40 days and he was hungry. We have to remember that Jesus is the God-man. He's fully God, yet fully human. So like us, he gets hungry and thirsty and tired. And so what does the devil do? If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. The devil attacks him in a perceived area of weakness, his stomach. 40 days is a long time to go without food. Jesus goes 40, right? It's obvious. We gain strength from food. It fuels our bodies. It gives us energy. It gives us the nutrients we need to survive. And right at the peak of the limits of the human body, the devil attacks. Jesus responds to that attack with Deuteronomy 8.3. It is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Did Jesus want food? Yes. Could he have changed the stone to bread? Yeah. But Jesus was fed by something more nourishing than food, God's word. Jesus even says, I think, in the Gospel of John later on, he says, my, my bread is to do the will of the one who sent me. The devil persists and tempts him in a different area, his mission. So the devil takes him and shows him all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and says to him, I will give all of this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you will then worship me, it will all be yours. The devil shows Jesus all of the kingdoms of the world and their faded and fallen glory and offers it to them, to him. The devil gives Jesus the opportunity to take authority over the world so that the pain of the cross can be circumvented. But brothers and sisters, it is better to serve in heaven than to reign in hell, if I could flip the old saying. Also, it's probably wise to keep in mind that the devil is a liar. <laughs> Jesus even says he was a liar from the beginning, and he's a liar now. Any authority that the devil can give is incomplete, right? Because scripture reminds us that the earth actually is the Lord's in all of its fullness, not the devil's. And any authority that the devil has over it is limited. The authority of Christ is complete and is over all things. And Jesus responds again, not with name calling, but with scripture. Deuteronomy 6.13, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Lastly, the devil takes Jesus to the temple mountain, but he changes his tactics a little bit, right? So he's like, throw yourself off. For, uh, for it is written. Okay, so notice this. When Satan comes to Jesus with tempting him with the food, like, take, command these stones to me, made may bread. Jesus says, it is what? Written. When Jesus is tempted in the second area where Satan says, worship me and I will give you all of this stuff, what does Jesus say? It is written. Now, notice the change of tactics here. When the devil brings him to the temple mountain and it's like, hey, throw yourself off. What does is, what is the devil say to Jesus? It is written, right? It is written. And he quotes the psalm that we read as part of our call to worship, Psalm 91. He, the devil says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. The devil thinks he's clever, right? He thinks he's clever. He's super, super, super sneaky. Using the word of God, using what has been written to try to get Jesus to do this. 
he reinforces the temptation by using scripture against Jesus. But how does Jesus respond? Jesus responds, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And it says, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Sometimes when we read scripture, we often think that, okay, this is the only time, right, in Jesus's life on earth that he was ever tempted. But the gospel of Luke here says, until an opportune time. So I don't think it's a stretch to note that this isn't the only time that the devil and Jesus are going to be at loggerheads with one another throughout the entire ministry of Jesus. This is going to be an ongoing thing, not just something that happens this one time. So what can we learn from this story about the spiritual life or our journey of faith? So our lives, brothers and sisters, are going to be times of alternating spiritual highs and lows. We are called into a mature faith, but we will only become mature in Christ to the degree that we resist the evil that vies for our souls. And I think the problem is we expect our lives to be one of a constant spiritual high. So when we hit a spiritual low, we don't always know how to handle it. We don't know how to react when it starts to change. And when we don't know how to handle it, we can then hear the voice of the tempter more clearly. And in a moment of weakness, succumb to temptation. So there's three areas here that the devil tempts Jesus in. And these are three areas that we are tempted in too. The first one is hunger. Hunger. Jesus appeals here, the devil appeals here to Jesus' physical needs. He needs food. It's been 40 days. After 40 days, you could throw me into a Chipotle and I would eat the entire restaurant, right? After four, I would probably die because you're not supposed to do that if you fast that long. But 40, 40 days, 40 days, it's an understatement to say that Jesus is hungry. And this is where the devil hits him and will hit us. But it's not just hunger for food. It's not just hunger for food, right? There's many types of different hunger that we have as human beings. Some of it's for food. We could have a hunger or desire for security, significance, self-worth. We could have desires for other physical things, right? It's not just hunger for food. This is where he is tempted, and this is where we are tempted too. The second area is in Jesus' vocation. We are tempted in our vocation. The devil attempts to get Jesus to bypass his vocation as the suffering servant. It's like saying, hey, Going to the cross, right, suffering for these ungrateful people, you don't actually have to go through all of this stuff, right? And we see in the garden, right, right before the end, Jesus asks the Father, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done, right? He has an opportunity, a perceived opportunity here, I should say, to bypass that, right? To bypass these years of ministry, to bypass the suffering on the cross, to bypass death. But notice, he says no. And this is where we are tempted to. Shortcuts that bypass the hard, difficult road of life. When we try and bypass times of trial and hardship, we are trying to bypass the very same cross that Jesus told us that we need to pick up daily. The third area is presumption. The devil tempts Jesus here by trying to get Jesus to presume protection 
by the angels. But here's the thing that the devil doesn't know in the story. Jesus says, nobody can take my life. I lay it down and I take it up again. No person or force can take Jesus's life. And oftentimes we presume God's protection. Oftentimes we also presume that we can do whatever we want with no consequences, that God will sort it out. When we presume like that, we put God to the test, but God will not be tested. Sometimes we make really bad decisions because we think, you know what? At the end of the day, it's all going to be okay. (laughs) But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not okay. Sometimes things don't always work out for us in the end, and we presume that it's somehow just going to magically sort itself out. So brothers and sisters, we see that the Christian spiritual life is fraught with trial and temptation, but it also has deep moments of goodness and beauty and love. And so Lent helps us. It trains us to be able to recognize where we are weak, right? That's why we fast in Lent, right? What's the area that we're weakest in? In our hungers, some of us are very weak in our hungers. Some of us are very weak in physical hunger for food. Some people are very prone towards acquisition of material gain. Some people are sexually hungry in a way that's not healthy for them. Some people are selfish with what they have, right? There's all of these different hungers that we can be tempted in, where we are weak, or our vocation, or this area of presumption. We can be weak in these different areas. And what happens is, as we As we pray, as we seek the Lord, as we fast those things that can trigger us into temptation, we become stronger, and the Holy Spirit that has been given to us will help us, right? Lent isn't just a time of self-reflection. It isn't just a time of looking inward at how rotten we can be and how terrible we can be, because we can be, right? And I think it's St. John Climacus who says it's also a time of, we're not just looking inwards, we're also looking upwards, right? We're also looking upwards. It's like I said on Ash Wednesday, it's not a time of, of morbidness, right? Because all of, because the sin that we all commit, right, it's, and death and all that stuff that we talk about, we also have the love of God, right? The grace, the forgiveness, the mercy, the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And so, brothers and sisters, as we walk through this Lenten season, as we give up things that trigger our temptations, as we focus our gaze on our Lord and not on ourselves, Let us, when we are tempted, respond to the tempter with the words of our Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written. And so to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who endured temptation for our sake, be all glory together with the Father who is from everlasting and is all holy good and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. If these sermons have been a blessing to you, I ask that you take a few minutes and help us if you could. We've recently begun fundraising efforts for some repairs that our building really, really needs. If you could, go to our Facebook page, Zion Stone United Church of Christ, or our website, zionstoneucc.com. You'll see a link to a fundraising page we've set up at GoFundMe, which I'll include in the description of this episode. 
in all episodes moving forward. GoFundMe.com slash SaveZionStoneUCC. If you could help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, please keep us in prayer as we go through this fundraising process. You can also, please, if you have some time, rate us on iTunes. And you can also find this podcast on Spotify as well. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you.